Welcome back to another episode of After the Buzzer. My name is Jack alongside my co-host Tyler. And today we got a very, very interesting episode. We're going to be going over a plethora of things. First of all, we're going to be starting with just the MLB news that's been circling around over the past week. And then we'll be talking about the NFL and college football. Yeah, should uh, should be a good episode. It's championship week, uh, college football. So going to focus a little bit more on that this episode. But um, before we get into the MLB update, some news over in the NHL I just want to get out. Um, the season, after a long-anticipated uh, offseason, the NHL is on pace to start now between January 13th and the 16th with the 56-game season. Uh, as we speak, players overseas are making their way back to their respective teams, uh, their cities. So... Always, always great to hear some news over in the NHL and uh, excited for that season to begin. Yeah, NHL is coming back soon. Very, very soon. Very excited to see that um, yeah. with the shortened season. Um, again, it's going to be interesting to see which teams make the playoffs because if you get hot early on, that, that'll definitely help your chances. So, Yeah, and they'll probably do uh, expanded playoffs again like they did last year since the shortened season. But you never know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll never know. All the details still to be sorted out. We'll keep you updated on that with any more news in the upcoming episodes. All right. On to the MLB update news. Now, disclaimer, this news might not. Some of you may know this news as it already broke, but we're just going to go down over the major things that have happened over the past week or so. Starting off first, uh, my New York Mets have signed catcher James McCann to a four-year, $40 million deal. Um He's a really good two-way catcher. His bat has come alive the last two years with the White Sox. Looking to bring that over to uh, Queens and help the Mets out behind the dish. And he is a much-needed defensive upgrade over Wilson Ramos, who, uh, yeah, he had a little bit of trouble moving around behind the plate, uh, just looking a little lethargic back there. So getting a more athletic catcher behind the dish will certainly help with uh, pass balls and wild pitches. Yeah, Yankees uh... – know a thing or two about lethargic catchers um next up we got hunter renfro signs a one-year deal with the red sox uh this is good signing for the red sox good power solid defender uh but he's coming off a rough 2020 season but i'm sure i'll uh look to bounce back and uh i think it'll be a good signing for the red sox yeah i'll probably plug him out in right field uh renfro he was he had a lot of promise he was a hyped up kid with the padres uh, with Tampa Bay last year. Um, he just still has yet to fully find his groove, but I, I think he can get there. Going to a smaller ballpark like Boston will certainly help those power numbers, hitting a lot more homers. Well, the yeah. three monsters tall, but it's not not too deep. But, yeah, anyway, a park like Boston will certainly help your hitting numbers. Um, Renfro looking to turn his career around with the Sox. All right, another – uh, contract. Greg Holland, reliever, signs a one-year deal with the Kansas City Royals. Uh, he had his best year with KC just a couple years ago, I believe, in 2017, 2018. One of those two years was he was with the Royals, and he pitched masterfully. So looking yeah. to get back to the prime days of his career. Uh, next up, we got some more Mets news. They find a new GM. Jared Porter is the new GM of the New York Mets. Uh, he has some tremendous experience being a part of four World Series uh, winning front offices. So great news for the Mets. Uh, their culture change 
goes even deeper. Um, that'll be uh, another great signing for the Mets. Yeah, I like Porter. He, uh, you know, he's been mentored by Theo Epstein. He was with Epstein and the Red Sox when they won their three World Series. And then Porter also went to Chicago and was working for Epstein when the Cubs won it in 2016. So Porter definitely has his fair share of experience and he knows what he's doing. Um, nothing but high praise for this hire around the higher ups in uh, Major League Baseball. So I, yeah. I think Porter will certainly bring some good value to the front office of the Mets. Definitely. All right, on to our next one. And Tyler, being a Yankees fan, this is not used that you want to hear. Uh, the Yankees and DJ LeMayu are far apart in contract talks, and he might be looking elsewhere in free agency. Uh, I heard that there was a reported $25 million difference range. LeMay, the Yankees were reportedly wanting a three-year $54 million deal, while uh, LeMayu wanted uh, close to 100 total. So it's just the AAV part that's off. I, I think the Yankees and LeMayu can still uh, iron things out and – bring DJ back to the Bronx, but right now it is certainly not looking good. Again, still time for things to turn around due to it being so early in the free agents, free agency process, but things not looking good for the Yankees and the Mayhew right now. Yeah. And I mean, it's not the end of the world for the Yankees. If they lose him. Yeah, obviously it'd be a loss, but if it means that uh, they'll go after Lindor, um, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe their plan B, uh, Maybe they're starting to like that more than their plan A, which is signing DJ. So you never know. But um, next up, we got the Riamuto market uh, is definitely slowing down now that the Mets acquired McCann. And the Phillies, uh, they got some cap issues, uh, dealing with some tight salary cap. Um, so the Riamuto market definitely slowed up. It'll probably uh, take a couple more weeks, definitely, till uh, we see any further rumblings of possible destinations but um don't expect a Riamuto signing anytime soon yeah Phillies have some very uh tight financial spendings in this offseason and Bryce Harper very much an advocate for bringing back JT Romuto JT Romuto is uh undisputedly the best catcher in all of baseball just look at his offensive and defensive stats they uh speak for themselves but yeah the Mets signing McCann they were uh, believed to be a major suitor in the real Muto process but the Mets found their guy behind the dish, so uh, they're off the board. As you said, Philly's dealing with some uh, financial problems. Interesting to see which teams try to jump on Real Muto and see if his price tag drops. Yeah. All right, on more Phillies news, David Dombrowski has been named the president of baseball ops for Philadelphia, but uh, the signing is kind of a weird fit because in, in past situations where Dombrowski has been, he's uh, been known as a spender. And he likes to to trade the farm system to get MLB ready guys and and front load a championship roster. So it's interesting to see how he handles the Philly situation, considering the uh, the the depth of the Phillies farm system is not good. Uh, they have two major prospects in Alec Bohm and Spencer Howard, but after that, they really don't have too many valuable pieces. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how Dombrowski handles the situation with the Phillies. Yeah. Next uh next up we got Adam Eden. Signs with the White Sox, so Nats lose a guy, and the White Sox gain one. And the White Sox, they're uh, they're looking to make a push this year. They're looking to go all in, that's for sure. Um, but Eden, you know, good depth player to have on your team, good bat, uh, pretty good defensively too. So good signing for the White Sox. 
Yeah, they'll plug Eaton on right field. Eaton was with the White Sox before he went to Washington, so these two have familiarity with each other. Uh, Eaton had some of the best years of his career with the Sox. Uh, he's out of his prime, though, now getting into his early early to mid-30s, so they're just going to try to find some stability out there with a solid glove and right. Eaton looking to turn his bat around, though, after a uh, not-good 2020 season at the plate. But a solid glove out there and right, someone you can depend on. Uh, I like the signing for the White Sox. Yeah. On to the next bit of news for the White Sox. Lance Lynn, starting pitcher from the Texas Rangers, traded to Chicago in exchange for number five prospect Dane Dunning and left-handed pitcher Avery Weems. Uh, as you said, Tyler, the Sox are looking to go all in and are looking to make a championship push uh, in the ne- in this upcoming season or next year. Um Dane Dunning, a solid pitcher. Again, number five prospect in the White Sox system. This guy was a solid starter for Chicago last year, but they're willing to sacrifice the future to get better now, even though the White Sox do have good young pitching depth. This is why I think they were willing to make this move and send Dunning to Texas. Um, I think this trade worked out for both sides. Lynn, dependable starter for the White Sox. He's proven himself. Dunning, the Rangers get a lot of control over Dunning. Five years, I believe he's not a free agent until 2027. Um, that is at least what I heard. So Rangers have a lot of control over this young starter, and he is going to be a good one for them. So I think this trade works out for both sides. Yeah, it does. And uh, one last signing before we get into some just general MLB news. Uh, David Dahl signed a one-year deal with the Rangers. Uh, again, pretty good signing for the Rangers. Some more depth. Uh I mean, can't really go wrong there. Yeah, David Dahl, uh, 2019 All-Star, um, had great hitting numbers, but 2020 was the polar opposite. He was horrendous at the plate. He couldn't find his swing at all. So the Rangers looking to help him find that that touch that he had in 2019 that helped him become an All-Star. Uh, Dahl still is a good player. Um, we've talked about David Dahl before. He is uh, not, not the best defensive player, but... You can put him out in left field. He'll give you an all right glove. I mean, nothing special, but the bat is really what is the upside for Dahl here. All right. Our final little bit of MLB news here. Uh, MLB season has a very high possibility of being delayed. Uh, it's being reported that multiple owners are doubtful of the season starting at times uh, on time and saying that there is absolutely no chance that it happens. So, um, it's going to be interesting to see what goes on there to see if the MLB season, how long it is, how many games there are, and uh, just what what happens to the MLB this season in general. Uh, the length can affect how much the free agents are getting paid. And, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what goes on with the MLB this season. Yeah, hopefully uh, we get to see all these players who just signed new deals actually play. Um, that would be unfortunate if we cannot, but I believe something will get worked out. Um, again, it will probably be a shortened season just to get back on the right uh, time schedule if it is delayed. But uh, like the NHL, we'll see. Uh, details will arise as we get closer to certain dates. But that's it for the MLB. Now we're going to jump into a, a little recap of some of the games that happened last week in the NFL. And then we're going to jump into some games that are ahead of us this week. So, Jack, you want to start off with the recap of last week? Uh, yeah, two really significant primetime games that occurred last week. Uh, 
the Monday night thriller between the Ravens and the Browns. Um, it's certainly 2020 when you think of the Browns being in a potential game of the year candidate. Yeah, this Monday night game was absolutely phenomenal. The Ravens won 47 to 42 on the road in Cleveland. Um, the whole Lamar Jackson saga in the fourth quarter, he was reported out for being for having cramps, but uh, there, there are some people on the internet trolling him for thinking he had to uh, go, go to the bathroom during the middle of the game. So, uh, but anyway, uh, 47, 42 Ravens win. It was a good one. A lot of offense, as you can tell by the final score. Um, both quarterbacks put up an impressive performance. Lamar Jackson at over 120 rushing yards and 163 passing yards. So getting it done through the air and on the ground. Um, Baker Mayfield getting it done through the year as well for Cleveland. Chubb and Hunt the backs, very productive. So just overall, a lot of a lot of solid offense. But the Ravens take a critical uh, AFC North divisional game. Yeah, exciting game. Two young, exciting quarterbacks showing their offensive skill. Uh, and then the next uh, game that took place that was pretty interesting. The Buffalo Bills took down the Steelers in a critical AFC matchup for seeding. The Bills looking to uh, win the AFC East, so that was a big game. Uh, and uh, you know, Juju dancing on the logo that definitely didn't help. Uh, help the Steelers win, that's for sure. Maybe he wants to stop that little, little uh, trend that he's been doing lately. But uh, Steelers lose two games in a row after going undefeated up until the point. So uh, yeah, it was a good game though between the Bills and the Steelers. Steelers again just struggling to find their offense that they had earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, bills, big win. They go to 10 and three with the win. Steelers dropped to 11 and two. Uh, the bills now have a two game lead over the Miami dolphins who are eight and five bills. Just got to keep winning. They win this week on the road in Denver and the Patriots take down uh, the dolphins in Miami. The bills will clinch the AFC East, I believe. So that was a big win over Pittsburgh. And if the Steelers lose this week and the bills win, this, the Bills, I believe, would jump the uh, the Steelers for the number two overall seed in the AFC. So a lot of critical uh, implications with that Sunday night win for the Bills over Pittsburgh. Uh, Josh Allen, as you said, uh, he was very fired up about Juju dancing on the Bills logo. Uh, in his pregame speech, he said, they can do all the dancing, they can do all the talking. We uh, explicit work. Uh, you can probably guess what he said. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he was... He was not happy about that, and the Bills came out and took the win. All right, let's move on to this week's games. Now, there is a lot of games here that have critical implications for the playoff uh, structure and what seat and who gets what seeds week 15 of the NFL season. Here, We're going to break down some of the most important matchups. And, Tyler, do you want to start? Sure, I'll start. Uh, again, talking about the Browns, another big game. Uh, they're facing off the new with the New York Giants. Um, now this is huge for playoffs uh, for both teams. Giants looking to push uh, for a wild card spot, or you know the division is not out of hand. Browns looking uh, again for the title or a wild card spot. So huge game for both sides, uh, and it should be a good one. Browns looking to follow up uh, a good game despite the outcome they did not want, but. Um, yeah, should be a good game. The Giants are—they've uh, been hot lately. Yeah, yeah, Giants are hot. They—they—they uh, they, they did get uh, smacked around a little bit by the Arizona Cardinals they last did. week, so they're yeah. trying to rebound. 
rebound against Cleveland at home on Sunday night football. Uh, as for the Browns, nine and four, they're having a good season, a win here against the Giants and put them to 10 and four. And uh, that would look, make them look really good for a wild card spot. Uh, unless, unless very unlikely circumstances were to happen where the Steelers would absolutely crumble to lose the division. I think the Browns are more likely to get a wild card spot, uh, but yeah. a 10th win here on the road against the Giants would all but solidify them making the playoffs. All right, on to our next matchup. We got an NFC North duel between two six and seven teams. You got the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. Now, with the extra wild card spot being added to the playoffs this year for the NFL, um, this matchup is critical. The winner of this game uh, will put themselves in solid position to continue to fight for that seventh spot and just linger in the playoff hunt. Uh, Bears coming off a solid win at home against the Houston Texans last week. The Vikings uh, took a rough loss against Tampa Bay uh, where Dan Bailey had some major kicking issues for Minnesota, so they are going to try to uh, iron those issues out. But, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky looked solid for Chicago last week, and they are going to try to roll into Minnesota and take a divisional win and try to get back to 500 and go 7-7. Seven and seven. Yeah. Uh, next game, got the Patriots versus the Dolphins, another divisional game. But uh, the eight and five Dolphins are definitely looking more suited for the wild card spot than the six and seven Patriots. However, a win for New England can definitely change the tide. Cam Newton, if he could rally his troops uh, in New England, you never know with New England and Bill Belichick. They're always a scary team to keep in the back of your head. You can't forget about them. Um, and this should be another great game. Yeah, uh, the Patriots are going to play a little bit of spoiler here. The Dolphins currently hold. The last wild card spot at an eight and five record. Uh, a win here for Miami would put them nine and five, and uh, would would keep them on pace with the Ravens, who are trying to come in and steal that spot from them. So this game is a major one, as the Patriots are still trying to fight for their playoff hopes, but they are also trying to uh, crush another divisional foe's playoff hopes as well. All right. On to the next game, we got the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington football team. Now, the football team currently leads the NFC East with a 6-7 and seven record. They are looking to control their own destiny. A win here would put them at 7-7 seven and seven and uh, would practically lock up, lock up a title barring a Giants loss, that would be. If they were to win and the Giants were to win, they would still have to find a way to win another game, and that would certainly helped our chances, but a win against Seattle this week would put them in really good position for the NFC title, um, the NFC East title, excuse me, while the Seahawks are looking to win the NFC West title. Them and the Rams are both 9-4. and four. Um, A win on the road against Washington would put them to 10-4 and four and would keep them on good pace with LA, who are, again, fighting for an NFC West title. The Rams do play the Jets this week, so uh, I don't think anyone is expecting the Rams to lose that game. So this is a big one for Seattle as they try to uh, claw and scratch for a division title. Yeah. And again, staying in the NFC, the uh, next game we got up the Eagles versus the Cardinals. Arizona is uh, looking to beat another NFC East team after beating the New York Giants uh, very easily last week. Uh, while Jalen Hurts and the Eagles look to string together a last-minute effort to make the playoffs, uh, Carson Wentz been an ugly story for the Eagles this year. Uh, trade talks are definitely a hot topic in Philly right now. Um, so his future is not looking the brightest. 
but uh, a win would definitely help the Eagles um, to maybe uh, make a push towards the playoffs. Yeah, win over the Cardinals and a Redskins, uh, excuse me, football team cannot be saying Redskins with the uh, cancel culture going on anymore. That is my bad. Um, the football team, a football team lost to Seattle and an Eagles win against Arizona would put them right on pace with Washington. And these and the football team and the Eagles meet the last week of the season, week 17. So if the Eagles can pull a win out this week and the football team loses, that that week 17 matchup would have very high stakes. But that the Eagles really control their own destiny. They need to win if they want a chance to get back into the playoffs with now Jalen Hurts riding the ship as quarterback. Um, our last NFL matchup that we will be discussing this week, uh, we got the Chiefs and the Saints. The two top teams in their respective conferences, Chiefs in the AFC and the Saints in the NFC. Uh, 12 and 1 Chiefs, 10 and 3 Saints. Uh, win for the Saints would uh, keep them in good position to lock up the number one overall seed in the NFC and the bye. And a win for Kansas City would also help them do the same thing. So it's going to be a good one in NOLA this week. Uh, watch for these two top teams to score a lot of points. The Saints do have one of the best defenses in the NFL, but. That dynamite offense in Kansas City with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill will certainly look to put up points. Yeah. So uh, that ends it for our NFL little um, recap and um, you know ex- explanation of these these games coming up. Uh, and now we'll jump into college football and go over the championship games that are coming up. Uh, Jack, you want to start with the first one? Uh, yeah, I would love to start with the first one. We got the Pac-12 championship game between Oregon and USC. Now, this was not supposed to be the initial matchup. It was supposed to be the Washington Huskies who led the Pac-12 North against the USC Trojans who won the Pac-12 South. So, But due to COVID issues within the Washington football program, Oregon was uh, put in to take their place. Now, USC is trying to revive their program after being relatively mediocre for the last two years. And a Pac-12 championship in 2020 would be a a step in the right direction. Now, for Oregon, however, losing their star quarterback, Justin Herbert, to the uh, L.A. Chargers drastically hurt them. And a disappointing 2020 season would all be washed away with a Pac-12 championship win over the USC Trojans. Uh, Currently, USC is favored to win by three points on the betting odds. So uh, they the experts really have this one going back and forth. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who wins this. Will the USC stay undefeated? Yeah. Next up, we got the Big Ten Championship, Northwestern versus Ohio State. Uh, Northwestern had a surprising season, that's for sure. Uh, they came out of nowhere to win the Big Ten West Division. Ohio State being here is obviously no surprise. They're here nearly every year. Um, and barring anything unusual, the Buckeyes should easily coast to yet another Big Ten Championship. Uh, victory. Um, and if Ohio State wins this year's game, it will be their fourth consecutive Big Ten title game victory. So obviously, um, the caliber of Ohio State is just tremendous. And uh, I don't have any doubt that they'll win four in a row. So should be a good game between Northwestern and Ohio State. Yep. Ohio State, uh, one of the dominant Big Ten powers, as you said, going for their fourth straight Big Ten title game victory. Uh, should be, should be a good one to watch though. All right. On to the big 12 championship game. We have the Iowa state cyclones and the Oklahoma Sooners. 
The Cyclones have put together an impressive season to this point with an 8-2 and two record. Quarterback Brock Purdy and running back Brees Hall have been phenomenal for the Cyclones on offense and have been a big part of cruising through the Big 12 except for a 24-21 loss to Oklahoma State. The Sooners are in familiar territory. They uh, are going to the Big 12 championship game for a fourth consecutive year and are looking to win their fourth straight Big 12 championship title. Baylor gave Oklahoma everything they could handle last year, and now Iowa State is looking to claim its first ever Big 12 conference title and its first conference title as a school in general, no matter what conference, since 1912. If this game is anything like the first meeting between these two teams, we will be in store for a good one. Iowa State won 37-30 to the first time around. So 1912, yeah, that is certainly a giant game for the Cyclones program. It will be interesting to see if they come out roaring from the beginning. Yeah, that is a very long time um, for things to change. Uh, next game we got up is Louisiana versus Coastal Carolina. Now, these top two, uh, top 25 teams met earlier in the season where Coastal Carolina won 30 to 27. Um, Louisiana was in the Sun Belt Championship game last year and they lost to the Appalachian State. Um, they lost to Appalachian State, excuse me. Um, so they're looking to rebound this year and uh, get the title. Now, Coastal Carolina, they're a very exciting team to watch with uh, Grayson McCall at QB. Um, you know, they play hard. They play. They play hard-nosed football. Um, very chippy. Um, but uh, Louisiana had an impressive regular season um, as well, including a uh, win over Iowa State. That was a good game for Louisiana. So this is definitely one of the best championship games on tap for this weekend, and uh, it'll definitely be a fun one to watch. Yeah, Coastal and Louisiana, two two of the top teams, too, as you said, two top twenty-five teams in college football. Um, should be a good one. Uh, can Coastal finish off the undefeated season and take on the Sun Belt Championship for the first time in school history? It would be an impressive feat considering they only joined the Sun Belt in 2016. Um, would be a very uh, remarkable feat for the program in general. All right, on to the ACC Championship game. And this one is, it's going to be a good one. We got Clemson and Notre Dame. No shock here. This was kind of the rumored championship game at, in the preseason due to Notre Dame joining the ACC for the 2020 season. Um, the first matchup between these two teams were was a thriller, where Notre Dame won 47-40 to 40 in double overtime in South Bend. Uh, I, I still remember watching the students storm the field. It was, it was madness, uh, absolutely unbelievable game. But like I said, two of the best teams in the country, Notre Dame 10-0, ranked number two, and Clemson 9-1, ranked number three. Now, the only difference between this matchup and the last matchup is that Trevor Lawrence, the star quarterback for Clemson, will play this time as he missed last game, as he missed the last meeting between these two clubs due to recovering from COVID from the coronavirus. Um, this is definitely viewed as the best championship game this weekend. And it will definitely be interesting to see if the offenses explode like they did in the first matchup. Yeah, that was a good game when. Uh get to watch Trevor Lawrence play. Uh, next game, we got the SEC championship, Alabama versus Florida. Now Alabama is obviously no stranger to championship games. But, uh, yeah, number one Alabama, they've trampled every opponent they have played this season, uh, winning by two touchdowns more against everyone uh, that they've played. And 
their opponent, number seven, Florida, they don't don't count them out uh, just yet. They have a dynamite offense, but their defense is pretty sus. So um, it's going to be tough for them to hold back uh, the Alabama offense. But Florida is coming off a 37 to 34 loss to LSU at home, uh, which was a tough pill to swallow. Um, so looking to rebound off of that. Also, too, many Heisman Trophy candidates are playing in this game. So uh, this will be one to keep your eyes on for sure. You got Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devonta Smith for Alabama. And you got Kyle Trask for Florida. So a lot of big names in this game. Uh, but even though uh, even though Florida is still, still definitely in this game, Alabama is the favorite to win the national championship at this point. And uh, star wide receiver Jalen Waddell has a chance to play in the college football playoff after suffering what was to believe uh, to be a season-ending injury. Uh, it was a broken ankle against Tennessee about a month ago, but there's a chance that he could play. That would be uh, awesome for Alabama. But uh, regardless of the outcome, Bama will uh, be in the college football um, uh, playoff. playoffs. They'll be in college football playoffs and uh, will be a force to be reckoned with, that's for sure. Yeah, Jalen Waddle uh, will not be playing in the SEC championship game, I don't believe, but he uh, will be back potentially for the semifinal game and the national championship. Uh, not exactly sure what game he'll be back, but Nick Saban said they will not rush him back. They will only play him if he is 100%. Um, yeah, Alabama, Florida, this is going to be a good one. As you said, many Heisman candidates, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and Devontae Smith, and Kyle Trask for Florida. Uh, a lot. I expect a lot of offense to be in this game, so – Definitely want to keep your eyes on. All right. The final championship, conference championship game we will be evaluating today is the AAC championship game between Tulsa and Cincinnati. Cincinnati having a very strong season, going 8-0 and earning their second consecutive bid to the AAC conference championship game. They lost last year to Memphis 29-24. And this is Tulsa's first time in the AAC title game. They, have gone, they went 6-1 through their eight games. And we'll look to send Cincinnati home with their second consecutive title game loss. Now, the Bearcats quarterback Desmond Ritter and the dynamic offense was a huge part in uh, Cincinnati being as successful as they were this season. On the other side, great defensive play has helped Tulsa reach the championship game. Tulsa's had to deal with their fair share of cancellations all throughout the season, but have still managed to find their way to the championship game. These two teams are supposed to meet in the regular season, but... Multiple cancellations squash that, so it should be interesting to see these teams finally meet with such high stakes. Cincinnati is one of the most complete teams in college football and explains their number nine rank in the nation. And it will certainly be interesting to see if Tulsa's defense can hold the Bearcats' offense in check. All righty, so uh, that was a little little preview of uh, all the championship games in college football. Not not one boring game uh, should happen. So tune in if you have nothing going on. Uh, definitely be some fun games to watch. Now uh, let's jump into our last segment of the podcast, our our uh, our normal segment of hot takes. Jack, you want to start off with your first one? I would be glad to get this started, Tyler. Uh, and this is we're we're talking hot to start this one. It is called hot takes, but this one is super hot. The Jackson, the one in twelve Jacksonville Jaguars will go into Baltimore and upset the Ravens and shake up the AFC playoff picture. That would be something else. 
Uh, I'm certain that Miami Dolphins have written for that, but the Jaguars are going to go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens. All righty, all right. That is pretty hot. Uh, I'm going to go over to baseball uh, over in the MLB. My Yankees, I'm going to say uh, DJ LeMahieu is a goner, and he's going to sign a five-year deal with the Blue Jays for 125 mil. Uh, the Blue Jays are going to offer him that extra year, give him the money that he wants. Uh, however, the Yankees will immediately uh, trade for Francisco Lindor and uh, start building around him. So, uh, you know, not what you like to see from a Yankees fan, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, I think, you know, they could have a better plan for the overall future of the team if they're not paying LeMahieu that money and put it into someone like Lindor. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing this happen, um, but obviously DJ is a great player. So, uh, yeah, I think that's what's going to end up happening. All right, you heard it from a Yankees fan. LeMahieu to the Jays. Lindor going to come in. He's going to get paid by the Yankees after his contract expires after this upcoming season. Um, On to my next hot take. We're going to college football. And we're talking the SEC championship game. Alabama, Florida, two of the most dynamic offenses in college football. Uh, Mac Jones with the Tide and Kyle Trask with the Gators. I'm saying in this game, both teams will combine for over 85 points. Yes, it is going to be an offensive explosion. That is my prediction. And, uh, yeah, 85 points over that will be scored. So a lot of offense going to be displayed this Saturday. I mean, it does have a chance of happening. Both both offenses are very fierce. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go over to that game as well. Um, I was talking about Florida before. Uh, don't count them out yet. Um, and I'm going with them. I'm going to say they're going to beat Alabama. Alabama is going to be uh, upset in the SEC championship. And uh, Florida is going to win by two touchdowns. I'm going to come out and say it right now. Um, you know, if, if I go with yours, if they score over 85 points, um, you know, the touchdown spread could uh, be pretty big. And I'm going to put it in favor of Florida. All right. Florida. You, you got them winning it. And uh, that is certainly a hot take. Now on to my last hot take. We're going back to the NFL here. And I have the New York Giants rebounding heavily and beating the Cleveland Browns by 14 plus. That is right. Two touchdowns or more on Sunday night football. The Giants will come out and uh, they will rebound and display why they uh they they are a top team in the NFC East. Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, Giants push for the playoffs. Um, Browns coming off a sort of a heartbreaking loss, um, but yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'm staying in the NFL as well. Uh, I'm going over to Pittsburgh. Um, my NFL hot takes they they've been hitting a couple times, so I think this one's also going to hit. It's bold, but I think it could work. Uh, I'm going to say Pittsburgh Steelers lose three straight to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals as uh, Pittsburgh, will, their offense will continue to struggle, and I think they're only going to get two touchdowns again, and I think that's beatable uh, for the Bengals. So be on the lookout for that to happen. All right, yeah, um, that is it. Okay, episode seven. That is a wrap with today. MLB, NFL, and college football were the premier talks. 
Uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, that's everything on tap with MLB over the last week and then NFL and college football for this upcoming weekend. Uh, tune in. We'll be back soon. Peace out.